piece of our training, the same thing I did in business. And we were reviewing different seminars and Christian leaders, and then I ran into Lead Like Jesus. And then I realized, well, if not Jesus, uh, who was going to edge him out? And who was going to tell him that he got edged out? So uh, we took a good hard look at that. Ken Blanchard and Phil Hodges wrote Lead Like Jesus. It is both a book and a course. We put every employee at Johnny and Friends through the course. It is a pillar of how we operate the ministry. And it actually is more important than their, uh, their behavior in Lee, like, like him, is more important than their actual performance in their task and job. So it is really a very high cultural thing. And leading like Jesus, uh, it turns out that the perfect man was a perfect leader. And uh, so we... Uh, Ask the question to each other, lead like Jesus or who it is, who is it you are going to lead like? We are all challenged to choose and we have to make a decision. We like to think we lead like Jesus, but sometimes, frankly, we are, we are leading like someone else. So this is a choice we have to make on a regular basis as men of integrity. Uh, Jesus calls us to go and he tells us to lead. So our integrity as we talked about earlier today in a recap, is I am the way and the truth and the life. That is a bodacious statement that he is the only way. He is the truth, the truth, the absolute truth, and the life. And therefore, Jesus is the standard of our integrity. There are uh, four domains, there's four places that integrity resides in each of us. It is in the heart, in the head, in the hands, and in our habits. And these have got to be integrated. It requires an integrity uh, of these four in order for us to have integrity. Integrity requires the integration of these four. And we get the word integration from the word integrity. Integration of the four H's fights our self-interest. And so we need to figure out how we bring our heart and head and hands and habits really in that order, because as ideas and as thoughts and opportunities come to us, they first enter the heart. A lot of people think it enters the head, but emotionally, we are more emotional than we are intellectual. And ideas approach our heart before they approach our head. Sorry, I have a heavy thumb. Integrity always proclaims itself in service. This is the heart. <clears throat> So when, when something comes to you that you're going to make a decision about, a man of integrity, uh, you can always tell a man of integrity because integrity always proclaims itself in service to others. And if you think about someone that, as you think of someone with integrity in your life, and actually, I'm just going to count to 10, try to come up with somebody in your life that you think is really an integrous man. Are you thinking of someone? Now think of what he does for others. Is he a man that reaches out to others? Is he a man that can be counted on by a lot of other people? They are always reaching out to others. Integrity uh, cannot reach its full potential until it is proclaimed in kinetic service to other people. And the heart is the home of the emotional, isn't it? So 
all by itself, it cannot operate. But it, we, we cannot just be emotional people. We can't make our decisions on emotion. But heart, the heart is what gets us outside of ourselves. The heart is what wants us to give. The heart is what is, what is touched when we hear a compassionate story and want to help and, and go overseas or do whatever it is that we do with our church. That is coming from the heart. Uh, and the, but the heart requires balance. It requires a special balance. And this is interesting. Jesus said uh, in Matthew, love your neighbor as yourself. We miss the yourself part and the meaning of that sometimes. Because in order to be a man of integrity, you need balance between others and self. We think that loving others is what we are called to do. But Jesus is telling us that self-love is equally important and that we need to forgive ourselves. If we have confessed our sins to Almighty God and He has forgiven us and He has forgotten them, we need to let it go. We've all got memories. I do. I know that I think of some things sometimes that I've asked for forgiveness for and it pains my heart to think about it. And I have to consciously remember that God has forgiven me for that. And He released it. And I am a new creature every day. But it is important, it's an important part of being a man of integrity to actually work on your own self-love if it is deficient. Now, if it is proficient, you need to go the other way. But frankly, most men in this room, most Christian men, have got something in their mind they haven't let go of that perhaps they need to just increase their integrity by getting this seesaw completely balanced. Let it go, man. Release it. Jesus has forgiven you. You're a new creature. Let it go. And then we can serve others in balance. We can be in that contentment, right? If we, haven't, if we have no self-love, we cannot be in the contentment that we talked about earlier today. And that contentment is the goal. It's not joy. Joy is not the goal. Joy is a wonderful thing. We all experience joy today, every one of us. And that is a great thing. It was invented by God. But the goal is the contentment. The goal is when you put your head on the pillow at night and you know that just for today, I was where God wanted me to be. And I think that while we're here, we can go to bed tonight with that last thought. I don't know what the future holds. God's forgiven me for the past. But for right now, just for today, I am right where God wants me to be. And that's as much peace as we are going to find this side of heaven. That's where our contentment lies. And that kind of contentment is the goal each and every day, to wake up and know that today is the day the Lord has made, and I am going to find contentment in His purpose and that is what is going to lead to our joy and our good times and our growth in Christ and our, our outward service, building our integrity and giving us an integrous and, and, happy, and happy life. Integrity always proclaims itself in service. Integrity always requires honesty with strength to overcome justification. Oh, I forgot my chocolate bar today. Somebody got a chocolate bar back there. Can I have a chocolate bar? This is really, believe it or not, this is really important. Thank you. Look at that. <laughs> Already go. God provided while you were gone. It just showed up. It was just. Yeah, that was a great opportunity. But you're a man of great integrity. You got to stand up and 
No one's going to remember him, but we all saw you. See how that works? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> justification. I wanted to give you a sample of justification. I have made a promise uh, not to eat chocolate. I am only going to eat, I made a promise to only eat vegetables, and I guess meat, because I'm with you guys, okay? <laughs> I made a, made a promise not to eat chocolate and to only eat vegetables. And then I think, chocolate comes from a bean. Therefore, it's a vegetable, okay? <laughs> you just witnessed justification, okay? That's what it is. Something I promise not to do, justified by the heart and not passed through the head. This is going to take a couple minutes. I'll be right with you. And, yeah, thank you very much. You're my kind of man. Uh, so that, that is, uh, that's what justification is. And we can justify a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, we, if we put our mind to it, we can figure out uh, I have bought a motorcycle or two on justification, I want to tell you. I have owned a couple of those that I know. I wish I had the money back for But uh, I have justified that I needed that. I didn't want it. I needed it. This was a need that I had in my life, okay? And uh, that, that's justification. So we're all guilty of it. Maybe for you it's something else. But you know what I'm talking about. And so justification uh, fights integrity. It's, it always fights against integrity. And the way we, the, the way we uh, fight against that is by checking our ego, okay? Integrity requires an ego check. There's two kinds of ego that we have as Christian men. One is EGO, edging God out. That's with our fear and our pride. Last night I talked about fear and pride in my own case, that I, I realized that what was keeping me from surrendering to Christ was fear and pride. In fact, all of the problems that you will find in life, regardless of the category, somewhere you will find embedded in that problem either fear or pride, or both. And when they get together, man, you can really have chaos in your family. But there's always fear or pride. Fear of what somebody else is going to think, of what's going to happen, somebody's going to find out about it. Uh, I'm not going to get my way. Pride is what pride is. Or you can have the balance in your life of love by exalting God only. You're exalting God only. <clears throat> that is the healthy ego when you are experiencing humility and confidence. Humility is a tricky thing. You can't decide to be humble. I had a friend who said, once I conquered humility, the rest was easy. You know, that, that's really not, if you think about that, that's, that's really not possible. You're not going to conquer humility. It is a way of living. An integrous man becomes a humble man. He's humble because he is humbled by God. He realizes what the source of his power is. He realizes what the source of his wealth and all that he has is. And that is a humbling, a humbling experience. And if we become naturally more humble as we realize what the source of all that we have is and give it to Him. Not just in a praise song, not just in lip service as Christian to Christian, but in those private moments when we give everything to God and realize, I have nothing except what you give me. I own nothing except what you give me. 
And I'll tell you, as probably like a lot of you, I've traveled all around the world. In the United States, we have been given so much just by being here. It's extraordinary. It's an extraordinary gift to simply be born or, or, or be in this country. It's an amazing thing that God has done. And when you get to be that grateful of just waking up in the right place, humility will naturally come into your life. And that humility, along with exalting God, will bring you the confidence that we talked about earlier in the day. And that confidence brings the contentment, and then we're back to courage, and then we're back to integrity again, aren't we? So the good news is that all of this, no matter how we approach it, uh, is a full circle and comes back and is consistent. It can be checked from several different angles. We can audit this process we've been talking about over the last couple... How long have we been here? Three, four days, I think, now, it seems like. You know? uh, I just realized we just started last night, didn't we? Yeah, wow, isn't that amazing? I really feel like I've been with you guys for a week. I... I spent a week with you one day. I don't know how that happened. Uh, But anyway, exalting God only or edging God out. We spend all our time all day long doing one of those two things. And sometimes we bounce back and forth in the day. We're edging God out. And I'm going to do this myself. Oh, wait a minute, Lord, I'm sorry. And we go back to exalting God only. And of course, the goal is to reside on the side that is exalting God only. Whoops. So the heart then takes us to the head. Heart integrity must travel to the rational head. We can't leave it in the heart. If we leave it in the heart, we'll just be giving everything away. Uh, We'll just be reacting irrationally. uh, And there has to be a filter. There has to be an audit for those heartfelt feelings. And those heartfelt feelings then pass through the head. And the head head says, the head has one word that it, it uses every time we have a heartfelt and, that, and, and that, that word is, whoa, <laughs> W-H-O-A, whoa, let's, let's, let's think about this for a minute. Before we act, let's pass this through the head and see what the head has to say. So the head and the heart are in dynamic tension, and they have to come to a conclusion as to how much the heart is going to serve and how much the head is going to serve. When we get the heart and the head in the same place, powerful things can happen then we can be men of, decision, of, 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 of decisiveness and decision. So this examines your belief and it establishes your values, and that needs to be in balance too. We don't want to go where the head is too high. If we, if we have too much of, uh, use of the head, then we lose our heart and we are not seen as men of integrity. If we are seen as men of only heart with no, with no uh, head then we make irrational, uh, we have irrational ideas and outcomes and are not seen as men of integrity. When we can balance those two, when we can balance the heart and the head together, we can be men of integrity with the right kind of ego. That leads to values. And these are lead-like-Jesus values that we use at Johnny and Friends, both personally and as an organization. You can create your own values. These aren't the only values, but these are some suggested values and an idea of what lead-like-Jesus intends in values. They happen to be in order, and you'll see how they build. First, we attempt to honor God in everything we do. To be men of integrity, I think that's 
a simple idea. Honor God in everything we do. But if we really stop, you know, I'm, I'm a great one for acting and speaking too fast. I will, I need to slow down and let the head have time to process what the heart has to say. The heart, by the way, isn't always having good heart thoughts. You can have a really dark heart towards somebody, and that's not good either. And the head has to say, wait a minute, that's not leading like Jesus either. That's where that balance comes in. But if we attempt before we act to honor God in everything we do, we know that we're on a pathway to be eligible to do the other three. But if we're not trying to honor God in everything we do, you can forget about the other three. The second one is build relationships based on trust. Now, a man who is not honoring God or trying to honor God in everything is going to have a hard time with the second one. So we need to be honoring God in everything we do, and that allows us to build a relationship that's based on trust. If we're working diligently on the first two, we can then begin to work. We can then begin to maintain excellence in service and commitments. But it's only after we have done our best in balancing the first one and the second one that we can actually be useful to God in service. And then, of course, the fourth one, if you're doing all three of those, we practice responsible stewardship. Throwing resources at a problem from the heart is not a good idea. God, it, it all belongs to God, and He expects us to practice responsible stewardship. The next part of the head is we have to examine our beliefs. Heart integrity must travel to the rational head so that you can examine what it is you actually have in your heart and believe. And that establishes your values. And then the head prepares you to take action. Once you're taking action, what takes action, we call that the hands because it's kinetic. What we don't want to do is get the hands moving before the head and the heart have had, their, had a chance to do their thing. Men of integrity. All of this is about a process that simply means this. Think it through. Pray about it. This is a whole process of prayer. Before we make a promise, before we make a commitment, we need to pray about it. We need to think about it with our head. We need to think about it with our heart. We need to submit it before God. And then when we are comfortable that we are making a commitment that, will be, that we will be true to, we can then use our hands to execute the decision of the heart and head. Because as men of integrity, what we do always means more than what we say. And saying and doing consistently over time uh, equals integrity. And that brings us, forgive the pun, full circle, back to our I equals F over T. Integrity equals faithfulness over time. And what people see are the hands, what we're calling the hands. They're not necessarily going to see the process of the heart and the head. They're going to see it kinetically in how we use our hands to help others and make commitments to others. Our hands execute... 
I watch television this way, too. I never have the right. <laughs> I usually have three games on at the same time, and I have no idea who's winning any of them. Is that where we are, or are we back here? Where? Move forward. Does anybody want to come up and finish this? Okay, one more. There we are. Okay. Jesus used this process. As you read the Bible and see the process that Jesus used in his leadership, the process that I just described can be extracted directly from his experience. He lived out his values in a heart and head and, habit and, 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 uh, and hands way uh, all the way to the cross. He lived out his values all the way to the cross. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And not only did he lay his life down, but then he took it back up again and declared victory over death forever. That brings us to habits. What you're going to be remembered for as an integrous man, as I said, as I've said earlier, you can decide to be a man of integrity in a moment, but you will be remembered as a man of integrity over time. So it's the saying plus the doing plus the time creates what we call habits. And we become known for our habits. That's what we will be remembered for. There are... Uh, I'd like to know what my children will say when I'm gone about, Dad always had the habit of. Your children are going to do the same thing, whether you have them yet or not, or your wife or someone who loves you. Dad or my brother or whoever it is always had a, had, had a habit of doing fill-in-the-blank. We have the opportunity as Christian men to decide how that blank is going to be filled in. And, those are the, are, and that is what becomes uh, what we are known for as habits. Your character, whoop. your character, integrity, is essentially the sum of your habits. Rick Warren said that in the purpose. That book, by the way, as you probably know, is the best-selling, not only the best-selling Christian book, other than the Bible, the best-selling book in the history of bookdom. I don't know if that's a word or not, but that's, that's what it is. And he said your character integrity is essentially the sum of your habits. So we have the heart, we have the, the head, the hands, and the habits. Jesus is the absolute truth. As a recap, the universal standard of integrity. My integrity will be dependent upon my awareness and coordination of how I feel in my heart, of how I process that information in my head. What I do with my hands then becomes my habits. Those things together will be the sum of my integrity. Integrity always proclaims itself in service to others because it's always outward. The biggest challenge to my integrity is fear and pride, ego, edging God out, or we have the choice to exalt God only. Integrity requires consistency of action, and that becomes what our habits are. The sum of those will, will determine 
what your integrity is. So here's a pause and reflect before we break up into groups tonight. I'll leave that up on the screen and maybe you have some other things as well. Imagine you're being interviewed by your 10-year-old son or daughter and you're asked this question. What are the four most important rules in our family? And what circumstances in your life have challenged your integrity? And what was the outcome of those, of those challenges? I think if we take everything we've talked about last night and this morning and lead like Jesus, we can come up with the answers to some of these questions that we can take away uh, and would be very helpful for us in the future. So I'm going to close in prayer, and then Pastor Lay is going to come up for a moment, and then we'll, we'll break up in, into groups. Father, thank you for bringing us uh, together. Thank you for uh, each and every soul here and for what you have revealed to us. What has been said by me is completely unimportant compared to what men have heard. And we know that the, that the Holy Spirit is the best communicator from heart to heart. And so, Lord, we just ask to keep an open heart. We ask to use the minds that you gave us. We pray for good habits. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us as men who genuinely want to be men of integrity. And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Man, did you have a good time today? I know I did. Let's give uh, Doug just a thank, thanks for all that he's done for us. I, I know sometimes that it seems so simple, uh, and, you know, we have a person who boils it down for us, and we look at it and say, okay, it starts here, it filters through here, it acts through here, and then it begins to walk in my habits on a daily basis. That seems so simple. And yet sometimes if we don't have a structured plan, if we don't, haven't thought that through, then we easily forget it. The evil one takes it away quickly. And the practice of it then gets lost. And so one of the things that we want to do in our group time tonight is we want to begin to turn the corner a little bit. Uh, last night and part of today, we've reflected a little bit on where we've been. And we've thought about maybe where we are right now in our relationship with Christ. But now we want to turn that corner to where we're going to go and what plan of action that we're going to move ourselves toward when it comes to integrity. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have the opportunity in, a, in our group session uh, after we hear Doug one more time to begin to build that plan of integrity, uh, to kind of ask ourselves the question, what is that foundation? Now, what is that next step building process? And then how do we really put a roof on it and begin to walk and act that out every day in our lives? Uh, my greatest, uh, one of my greatest goals and hopes, and Doug's as well, as we've uh, thought through some of this, is that you are challenged to walk away with a plan. And so tomorrow, that's what we're going to be thinking about 
uh, we're going to be moving in that direction. And so we're kind of turning a corner to look uh, that way uh, tonight. Um, I also uh, wanted to say a couple of things. Number one, I sure have uh, really enjoyed getting to know you guys this weekend. And I really appreciate you guys as a new pastor here at Wayside. Uh, you guys have welcomed me warmly. I really, really appreciate that. But I also really appreciate in, uh, the way that I've seen you guys war- uh, warmly just be with each other as men. Just be that community. It's been a lot of fun for me uh, to watch, to be a part of. And so far, I think the summit has just been fantastic. And so I want to give the Lord uh, praise for that uh, tonight. Let's do that. It's great to see men come together and begin to act out what they're absorbing and soaking in. Uh, There's a couple announcements about tonight I want to send your way. Uh, The first one is we're going to go to our groups next, uh, just like always. But at 930, they're going to light the bonfire. So it's going to be a great time uh, just off of the dining hall, kind of, uh, I guess you'd say, down in the grass, okay? Off of the end of the dining hall, there's a fire pit. And at 930, um, you can be watching. They're just going to light it. And when it flames up, you can let that be the cue um, that you can go um, and we can hang out together a little bit uh, this evening. Um, the camp store will be open if you want to go browse a little. There will be some s'mores and some specialty coffees if you're interested in, uh, you know, getting something. Um, all that will be open this evening. Uh, It'll just be another great time for us to just continue to be uh, a community uh, together. Uh, If you decide that you want to go back and go to sleep, do it. Go back and go to sleep. Uh, Nothing is obligatory tonight, but it's there for you to enjoy uh, one another and to enjoy the time uh, that God has given us. Um, Otherwise, um, that's all that I have for this evening, so I'm going to... Uh, release us and let's go and have a great evening.